Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up next is a word by Pastor Ling Junxian. You know, for the past few weeks, Pastor Kong has been sharing with us concerning the Kingdom of God, how we need to constantly allow the rule of God to reign in our lives. You know, to pay attention to the life of the Spirit within and to grow in our spirituality in God. Today, I want to continue in our series of the Kingdom of God and I want to share with you the message, Sitting at the Feet of Jesus. You know, Bob Coughlin, a worship pastor, writes, and I quote, Worship is about who we love, who we live for, and who we are before God. You know, one of the most powerful things that we can do as believers, regardless of the season we are in, is to worship God. During the difficult seasons in our lives, if there's anything that the devil wants to steal away from us, it's our worship. Every day, we have negative news delivered to us and bombarding our minds. After a while, instead of looking to God, we start to look only into the natural. What is the number of COVID cases today? Where is the new variant taking place? When is dining out in groups possible? When will life resume to normal? Let us not lose sight of who we love, of who we live for, and who we are before God. Let's turn to our main passage for today in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. You know, who is this Mary or Bethany that Jesus says that has chosen that that part will not be taken away from her? When we look through the Scriptures, we'll see a phrase that is always mentioned to describe this Mary or Bethany. Let's take a look into the Bible. Firstly, we see her here in Luke chapter 10, verse 39, sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know, this scene was confirmed by another gospel writer, the Apostle John, who described Mary in John chapter 12, verse 3, as one who sat and anointed the feet of Jesus. And while grieving over the death of her brother Lazarus, in John chapter 11, verse 32, we see Mary of Bethany once again at the feet of Jesus. What does it mean to be at the feet of Jesus? You know, the act of falling at or being at a person's feet has special significance. To be at the feet of Jesus represents an act of worship and giving Him the same honour reserved only for God. When we look through Scriptures, the Samaritan leper fell at Jesus' feet in gratitude after Jesus healed him. Luke chapter 17, verse 16. Jairus, when he came to plead, for Jesus to heal his daughter, 
fell at his feet. Mark chapter 5, verse 22. The woman with the issue of blood, after being healed by Jesus, fell at his feet. Luke chapter 8, verse 47. The disciples, when they saw Jesus after his resurrection, fell at his feet. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 9. Though we do not know any other details about Mary, one thing we know is that Mary was a worshipper of God. She knew Jesus was the Son of God. And all she wanted to do was to please Him. R.C. Sproul, one of the greatest theologians of our time, says, it is the pleasing of God that is at the heart of worship. You know, she was not just any follower of Jesus. She was a lover of God, a lover of His presence. Mary was a God-pleaser. She was the one who was not shy to show her passionate devotion to Jesus, even when others around her criticized her for it. According to tradition, it was uncommon for a woman to learn from a rabbi. Mary didn't quite bother. She sat close just to hear the voice of Jesus. In fact, leaning in even closer just to hear Him clearer. Here in Luke chapter 10, verse 40, then we see Martha. Martha was described as one who is distracted with much serving. You know, the word distracted in Greek is perispao. Perispao, meaning to be drawn away or to be overoccupied or to be driven about mentally or to be in distress. Instead of being drawn to Jesus, Martha was drawn away by her serving. Feeling alone and overworked, Martha asked Jesus if he cared that Mary had left her to do all the work by herself. So instead of making a decision to draw close to Jesus, Martha came up with a solution. Her solution was simply this, to tell Jesus, to tell Mary to come and help her. You know, but Jesus was unmoved by Martha's request. To add fuel to the fire, Jesus tells Martha, Mary has chosen the good part. In other words, Martha, you have chosen the not so good part. What did Jesus observe about Martha? Not only was she overoccupied, distressed, she was self-absorbed, driven about mentally that she could not see the Son of God sitting right in her house, wanting to fellowship with her. Just imagine, if Jesus were to come to your house today, right where you are watching online service right now, what would your response be? Would you be like Martha, quickly order grab food, call Food Panda, Deliveroo, or maybe even order a BTS meal? And would you start to plate out all the food when the food arrives and start to serve Him dish by dish? I hope not. When Jesus shows up at my house, I will drop everything I'm doing. I will give Him a big hug. I'll be at all years just to hear Him and sit Him down as long as I can. Martha over here was only interested in her own agenda. She was not interested in why Jesus had come and what He wants to tell her. One can imagine how Martha is feeling the mental storylines playing in her mind. 
if I don't do this, who will? Why can't others see that there is a need to do things around here? Why do they stay idle? Why don't they start doing something to help? Others should notice how hard I work, how much I sacrifice. Nobody appreciates me for what I do around here. Question, does this sound like someone you know? Some Bible commentaries suggest that the reason why Martha wanted to provide good hospitality to Jesus was because showing good hospitality was a measure of a woman's identity and worth. Martha wanted to show that she is good enough for Jesus. Rate me for my five-star service, please, Jesus. Jesus, please, don't forget to leave me a raving review online. She forgot that Jesus came for her and not for her hospitality or service. This type of war in the story is not about Mary and Martha. It was the tongue of war within their own hearts to choose between their own agenda or Jesus. And why would Jesus conclude that Mary has chosen the better part, the good part? It was because Jesus did not agree with Martha's perception of her problem or Martha's perception of her solution. Remember, she told Jesus to tell Mary to come and help her. Jesus was unmoved by her request. He rebuked Martha to tell her to stop and to draw near. You know, this rebuke by Jesus can be so conveniently ignored or explained away in our fast-paced life and culture. We hear the voices beckoning us with urgency for us to return to our work, you know, for our career progression, our ministry demands, to meet every need. Just like Martha, we end up ignoring Jesus. This is my 13th year as a full-time staff. I thank God I've been able to grow in the area of ministry in church. You know, a lot of full-time staff in our church, they have multi-portfolio. And very often, we do more than one thing. And as much as we can, we try to double up and serve God in whatever capacity that we are able to. You know, as a zone pastor, I oversee a zone and I lead two personal cell groups. I'm also currently serving alongside Sun and Mark to oversee the city worship team. And on top of these two responsibilities, I try to contribute in many other areas as much as I can, whether it's in the pastoral or in ministry work. You know, in the last few weeks, Pastor Kong has been sharing with us from his own experience the importance of having silence and solitude and how it helped him in his walk with God. You know, Pastor Kong shared with us, contemplation is coming before the Lord with no strings attached. Though the messages spoke to me, I found myself justifying in my natural mind why having silence and solitude in God is so difficult. Wouldn't my work accumulate during my silence and solitude? I will have more emails and messages to clear. I will feel worse after that. I'm sure God understands, right? That I don't have a lot of time. And after all, I'm doing His work. I'm serving Him. The joy of serving God begins to dwindle. 
And soon I start to grow in frustration at work. I tell myself, if I don't do, who do? Or the religious version. Have you heard this before? The need is the call. The need is the call. You got to stand in the gap. Stand in the gap. I hear myself grumbling often. What are the others doing? And I start to compare and wonder, do people even know what I do? And am I doing enough? Doesn't this sound all familiar? As I was preparing myself for this weekend, I had a heart check. I took a hard look at myself and I realized that unknowingly, I was becoming like Martha. In place of ministry growth, with all the competing demands and wanting to meet every need, I have neglected my own silence and solitude with God. I have mentally excused and talked myself out of it and said there is no need for silence and solitude. I have made my own agenda more important than God. Ministry work was outgrowing my devotion to Jesus. Instead of intentionally listening to God and be led by Him, I have allowed my own busyness to draw me away from Him. How many of us can identify with me today? Don't put up your hands. In Psalms 139, verse 1 to verse 3, the Bible tells us, O Lord, You have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. You know, God knows our every move. He knows our every thought. He knows us because He created us. Our human tendency is to strive out of our own human ability to for our own identity and value, not just in life, but also in front of Him. The urge to want to get into action. In the name of hard work, we pride ourselves and miss out on what is most important to God. Passionate people are active people. Passionate people pour their heart and soul into their calling and mission daily. It is good to live an active life. To be fully alive is to act as a steward of what God has entrusted to us. Responding to important urgencies is, imp is necessary. It is important and necessary. And it demonstrates one's responsibility. It is a blessing to live an active life with meaning and purpose. But the active life also has a downside. Many of us know what it is to live lives in a frenzy going from day to day, feeling exhausted and unfulfilled. And we suffer from the after effects of an overtly active life, a pain we inflict on ourselves in our busy world. There is a saying that goes, if the devil cannot make you bad, he will make you busy. I love the call of God. I love to serve God and his house. I count it a privilege to be able to serve God full-time in this church, to see how lives are transformed by the power of God in this place. 
Our church is a passionate church. We are full of passionate people. Full of people with fire in their bellies. Wanting to get into action for the Lord. In the pastoral ministry, work is never quite done. We operate like 7-Eleven. Always closed, but never closed. Often, we move from meetings to meetings, visitations to visitations. And in between, we manage crises and emergencies. And we can't quite plan or schedule them in our calendar. One day, it can be a troubled marriage that needs urgent counselling. The next day, it is a member critically ill in a hospital in need of prayer. And the next, it could be someone going through depression who needs pastoral care. And on a more solemn note, there are the occasions of death in the church where we emotionally extend ourselves to support the grieving family through the funeral process. Thereafter, we think of the next meeting, the next deadline, the next task that we need to complete. We pride ourselves in maximizing our time, leaving very little room for anything else, including paying attention to our spirit life. Perhaps, like me, you are mentally resisting silence and solitude. With a long list of legitimate reasons, you justify your own agenda to fulfill your call or mission. Thinking we are not good enough. We build our own identity and value in our work, justifying to God our need to be busy. And after all the work is done, all we think about is to reward ourselves with our own entertainment, our own recreation, be it on our devices, be it in our interests, or in our hobbies. Thus, we end up with lesser or no time for silence and solitude, for contemplation in our lives. Remember, what is contemplation? Contemplation is to come before God with no strings attached. Come just as I am with who you are. Not focusing on what God can do for me. It is when we can come before God with honest vulnerability. You know, contemplation means taking the necessary time for silence and solitude in order for us to listen to God from within, to reflect on life's experiences in our relationship with Him and in our relationship with others. Some say experience is the best teacher. But having experience without reflection causes us to walk in the same foolishness and we never quite learn the right experience or wisdom. That's why we say insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So the question is this, when we are at work, where is God in our work? As we reflect, do we allow God to ask us the difficult questions, the hard questions, and the hard questions? Have we compromised in our values when making decisions? Have we thought about how we treat God and how we treat others? Are we Christ-like in our behaviour? Do we live in self-independence from God? Or are we living a life of self-denial in Christ? You know, contemplation also means facing up to things as they really are. 
It means giving time to think deeply, to examine our hearts and our motives, to see the real us, to see who we really are, to know the truth about our situations and allow God to lead us back to the right track so that we don't continue to live in an illusion. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to verse 6 in the message, it says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. God is the one who will keep us on track. All we need to do is to listen for His voice. As I took time in my contemplation with God, I had to face up to my ugly self, my weaknesses and my pride, my own failures and disappointments, my insufficiencies and my inadequacies. I realized that I have allowed things, the ministry, the blessings, to outgrow my devotion for Jesus. And I try to derive identity and value in what I can do for Him. And as I worship God that day, I begin to just weep and repent before the Lord as His presence and His love surrounds me and pours into my room. Thank God, He is always gracious, always patient, full of love, full of mercy to receive us and to wash us clean. The story of Mary and Martha is not about being in action or being not in action. It is really a story of the tug of war in our hearts. To live out our spiritual life in God, we need to understand the need for action and contemplation. At the start of the story, Jesus sets out as the seeker seeking Mary and Martha out. But yet, by the end of the chapter, Jesus is the one waiting for Martha to seek Him. And then the story ends abruptly. In fact, there is no ending. Perhaps this was intentional on the part, on the part of Luke. It may be left with no conclusion, leaving Martha to choose as Jesus patiently waits for her to draw near to Him. As we end, there are three things Mary did at the feet of Jesus. Number one, Mary listened to Him. Mary listened to receive what Jesus had to say to her in Luke chapter 10, verse 39. Number two, Mary surrendered to Him. Remember, in spite of her grief caused by the death of her brother Lazarus, she fell at his feet to worship him. John chapter 11, verse 32. Number three, Mary honoured him by demonstrating her love and devotion by anointing Jesus with the costly oil of spikenard. John chapter 12, verse 3. Jesus says that Mary has chosen the good part. You know, the Greek translation for part also means portion 
or reward. The Psalmist David writes, Psalms 73, verse 26, and many of us know this verse, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Church, today, would you come and sit at the feet of Jesus? Would you come in surrender? Pastor Bill Johnson says this, faith is not the result of striving. It is the result of surrender. Will you come? Will you come and surrender your busyness? Will you come and surrender your agenda? All your distractions to Him. Come to a place of complete trust in Jesus. No more striving. Just full surrender. You know, let your cry to Him today not be a cry of exasperation, but let it be a cry of desperation. What you tell Jesus today, Jesus, Jesus, you alone are enough for me. Jesus, you alone are my reward. Today, why don't we just begin to just lift up our hands wherever you are. Let's just begin to just release our prayer language. That's right. Would you come to the feet of Jesus? Would you come and just surrender yourself? Turn away from your busyness. That's right. Just lift up your hands wherever you are. Let's just begin to just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. And I will make room for you.
do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to and I will make room for you my Lord to do whatever you want to come do whatever you want to hallelujah oh. hallelujah let's just Stay in the presence of God this afternoon, wherever you are. You know, we always say we want to make room for God. You know, making room is something very intentional. Making room means to remove certain things so that more space can be created. This week, will you intentionally clear some space in your calendar? Cancel some plans move some appointments to make room for silence and solitude? Will you stop resisting silence and solitude? Will you come to a place of honest vulnerability in God? Come, sit at the feet of Jesus to listen to God from within, to face up to things as they really are and allow Him to Come and renew your mind to transform you from the inside out. If that's you, I just want you to just lift up your hands. You're saying, God, I will make room for you. I want to make room for you intentionally, Jesus. I want to come and sit at your feet. Oh God, in surrender and in worship. That's right. Begin to just pray in the Spirit wherever you are. Tell Him, tell Him this. This afternoon, just tell him today. Tell him today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your presence here in this place. We thank you, God, for your presence wherever we are watching service online. Lord, we know that you are with us. When we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Lord, we turn from all our busyness. We turn from all our distractions. We turn from all of our excuses. Shake up the ground in our spiritual life, oh God. Lord, break down the walls in our hearts. Lord, we turn to You today. We repent. Come, wash us clean by the blood of Jesus. Let the times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Lord, we surrender our agendas. We surrender our frustrations. We surrender our insufficiencies, oh God. We come to a place of complete rest in You. Lord, we say our identity and our worth is in You. We cease from all striving. We cease from all strivings. Lord, we say that You alone are our portion. We make room. We make room today. We make room. Come and speak to us, O God. Speak to us with the still small voice. Lord, help us to face up to the things as they really are. Lord, transform us as we give all of us in exchange for all of You. That's why I want to just begin to lift, just lift up your hands once again. Just worship Him. That's why just give Him your worship. 
Give him a surrender. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, you are who we love. Lord, you are who we live for. Lord, we know who we are before you. Let's pray one more time. Let's just sing the chorus. for joining us in service today. I hope you've been blessed by the word. Let's be intentional. Let's be intentional to sit at the feet of Jesus. You know, this week, let's practice contemplation. Make room for Him. You know, enjoy your time of silence and solitude this week. God bless you and see you online next week. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 